We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Sarkis. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? We are so excited. And tired, to be completely frank. Yes. After after an yeah. insane weekend of basketball, um, it's late. We're at our Airbnb in Minnesota, but we figured that we would uh, hop on and have a quick, uh, I guess, championship game recap and just kind of reaction episode. Um, got uh, myself here with Steve and Logan. Jason actually has a flight to catch just here in a couple hours. So he's packing and, and kind of getting ready to go there. So he's going to be sitting this one out. Um, but congratulations, first of all, to South Carolina for winning their second national championship ever. Beautiful. Just incredible well performance. Well done. Like, Literally start of the season to nest best team from start to finish. Like yeah. hasn't hasn't uh hasn't been knocked off their throne, even though they dropped a couple of random games. You know, they had one to Missouri early in conference play and then the SEC title game against Kentucky. And they're like between those two games, that was a three there was three points between those two losses that they that they were behind. Speaking of, really quick. Just, I know we have a lot to get into. How cool do you feel if you're Mizzou right now? Kentucky already knows how they feel. At we're part of they, they got an SEC title out of it, but like Mizzou's like, like, no, we were 18 and 13. We beat, we were like the only we beat one like a doing. super good team. Yeah, good for them. So uh, it just kind of just across the board, fantastic, fantastic weekend of basketball capped off by a great game, uh, amazing performances. Uh, let's just, I want to have each one of you maybe shout someone out that you thought was, uh, especially incredible tonight. Logan, let's start with you. Who, Dang was, it. who was your, <laughs> you <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> who was your player that just maybe caught your attention either tonight or if you want to combine last Friday as well, uh, go for it. Well, it is tonight and last Friday. Let's all three, I mean, I'll go first, but we can all three take a minute to acknowledge that Destiny Henderson made this tournament happen for South Carolina. You know, Leah Boston was getting double doubles. She was doing her job. We're going to talk plenty of Leah Boston, I'm sure, on this episode. But boy, if I was a coach and I had Destiny Henderson in my locker room, I'd be a happy camper. Um, UConn had no answer for her tonight. She was hitting from everywhere. 
she was active on the defensive end, like all South Carolina players are, but just it felt like she was in the right place at the right time for 40 straight minutes. Yes. I love watching her play. I, I made a couple comments during the game to you guys that like she like after the game, you see Aaliyah Boston hanging out with Candace Parker and Aja Wilson, and you're like, Yeah, she's a future pro. Like she we know that. Destiny Henderson's the one that the speed of her game and how she handles herself and between ball handling skills and distribution and shooting, it just feels like there is a spot for her in the league. And I'm excited to see who gets her because I know, Kyle, you've been doing the mock draft episodes. You know more than I do about this, but she might actually land on a team that's ready to go. And maybe if, if she can at least get onto a bench spot somewhere, which we know in the WNBA is very hard to do, yeah. she can maybe get a year to warm herself up to the which, which is why Destiny Henderson is very high in my list my of like two early rookie of the year picks. Because if she's in the right spot of a team that isn't ever ready-made but is in that playoff mix – you know, in these drafts, you know, and I, I don't want to call this draft a weak draft. That's not what it is. But in these drafts where there isn't a for sure front runner, like right up to shoot of this will be the MVP. You know, Stewart and Asia Wilson's yeah. and, and those types of situation. A lot of it comes down to which players putting themselves in a situation is being put in a situation where they can be involved and make an impact right away. And Henderson falls right into that world. And if anything showed us tonight, it's when she's given a ballot of trust, she'll deliver. Um, I feel like in Louisville, against Louisville, she played fairly well, but I don't know that the mantle was put as heavily on her as Boston. Boston was like Aaliyah Boston was very much the focus against Louisville. And I think Don Staley knows if I can get Destiny working early against UConn, this game's over before it starts. And that's exactly what happened, and it tells me that when the time is right to put that emphasis and that pressure on on Destiny, like she'll get it done. And I don't think you could say enough about just an incredible performance. Uh, on top of shooting three for six, on top of shoot, going nine for twenty, she threw in four steals or three steals, you know, just like for good measure. Almost. Steals that weren't bad passes by UConn. They were steals that she just no. took the ball they were, out yeah, of the hands. She was great. I, I mean. From top to bottom, this South Carolina roster, you like that. Honestly, my answer was going to be when you were talking about highlighted games. I was literally just going to say the def, the Gamecock defense. Yeah, that was possibly the best defensive, like one of the most well-oiled defensive machines I've seen on a basketball court in a very yeah. long time. I mean, they are like you say if you want to say Louisville went cold, Haley Van Lith went cold, you want Paige Beckers. A lot of it is because. It's, I, I don't like saying these players went cold or they didn't perform. They just couldn't find answers. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was so hard to play your game when they scouted your offense so well and knew that they could defend at that level. Yeah, that was that was the thing that was most apparent to me between these two games that South Carolina won is they had players that were electric offensive performers that they absolutely – Smothered and didn't allow to get going with Van Lith like, and Beckers. But they made you a non-factor right away. Yeah, like Fudd, and I understand Fudd was battling, you know, a, a stomach bug, and um, but you know, Kristen Williams and Westbrook, like no, they just Williams never. And Westbrook let, did not have the same sauce tonight. No, they just it just wasn't. It, it, and I think that was such a, a key to what South Carolina has done to everybody throughout this entire season. Is that, you know, you watch Stanford, you watch UConn, you watch Louisville, you watch Baylor, you watch all these 
teams that are that have been so good, um, and when they face a team like South Carolina, all of a sudden they don't look like the same team, and it's because South Carolina's defense and just rebounding prowess don't allow you to get into a rhythm. They make you work ten times harder for every single shot, and Ooh. you know they just yeah. they just handle it. And at that point, if you can be that dominant defensively. Your offense needs to be just fine, just and okay. It's honestly, and tonight it was better than and, fine. Yeah. yeah, and tonight it was good. Yeah. They actually, you know, Destiny Henderson, Aliyah Boston, like they they played really well. Um, I do want to give one shout out to a player from UConn that I think in particular had a fantastic showing, um, despite uh, this in, insane defense from South Carolina, uh, and that's Caroline Dushan. She absolutely came out. She's a freshman. And came out and had a really, really good game. Um, went four for eight from the field, had nine points. Um, and just kind of, you know, outside of Becker, seemed to be kind of the only person to really get much going offensively. Um, and so I thought that she played she played really well, um, getting a lot more minutes, obviously, with FUD, uh, you know, not feeling very well today. But you had FUD not feeling well, and then you had Westbrook getting – had having kind of a tweak injury that limited her minutes. Right. And so Ducharme putting good value. If they were able to pull this into a close game, Ducharme would have been one of the biggest impetuses. Yeah. I think that's actually right. Of uh the <laughs> Did we mention know, it's late? Yeah. <laughs> in, of one of the, of the of their she played phenomenally. She played she was probably the offensive player in a way that played with the most confidence on yeah. UConn's end. Yeah it's it's worth mentioning they did get this game Late in the third quarter, they got it within six. UConn did after suffering probably the worst first ten minutes of a of a UConn of a UConn game because in the last twenty five years. I mean, and not just on the scoreboard. We looked up at the stat sheet at one point, and uh, I mean, South Carolina was grabbing their tenth and eleventh rebounds before UConn even had their second. Yes, I mean, assisted buckets. They they more than doubled them up on the boards. Twenty four to forty nine. It was brutal. Yeah. I'm actually shocked at the turnover disparity. Uh, UConn is, uh, it only has, uh, them beat in turnovers by one. It's 15-14. That yeah, honestly That even got over the course of the game. Later, I, I think even deep into the third think, quarter, yeah. I think half of South Carolina's points came on second chance buckets. Yeah. 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 That 24 to 49 rebounding disparity. Huge. Honestly, and it felt more than that. Like, mm-hmm. It did. It, it felt like South Carolina was getting like three to every one UConn. Because what's weird, UConn actually shot decently this yeah, game. Yeah, they shot really well. They just only got one. I mean, they it felt like the ball was never on their side. They were 40%. Before. I mean, they were 25% from deep. But, the, I mean, yeah, they were shooting 40%. In fact, in the first half, they shot better than South Carolina did. South Carolina went 36% from the field, and they went 18% from deep. So, yeah. like, this, they just had... Two and three chances every time. Yeah, one of them yeah, turned time. into a three that felt like the yeah. like the dagger. If you could have a first half dagger, it felt yeah. like oh, that's that's over. That's but I think brutal. I think UConn actually was shooting like fifty four or fifty eight percent from the field in the first half. If they could get the ball up, they were no. making it happen. I did the just, one. Yeah, I have to ask one question, and I only do it because I think our friend of the show Cam I am is going to bring this up. <laughs> Um, because I know how I feel about it. I think you guys feel equally about it, having watched the game live. And, and you know, is there any mention to make of a 26-4 to free throw disparity for 
South Carolina to UConn. Because in in many cases, you can look at that number and go like, yeah, that is pretty jarring. But having watched that game quite up close, I just don't know that that would have no. mattered. No. Sometimes like, I think if you watch a game on TV and the broadcast is a certain way, I think sometimes it can make you feel a little different about how like a game is playing out narrative-wise. I, I didn't see anything on Twitter or hear anything about... I mean, we, we had UConn and South Carolina fans around us. Honestly, this whole weekend, I didn't really feel very strongly about the officials one way or another. No. Done, didn't feel like that type of I almost think a lot of the reason that UConn wasn't able to get to the line is they weren't able to establish a presence under the basket at any point right. to get in position to draw a foul. There were a couple of cases where I could say maybe Aaliyah Boston got a call here or there that felt like uh, it looked like Aaliyah Boston would have been fouled in that situation, so we're going to call it. But I'm talking two to three times. I, the, I think this the is... The problem again, is, if you let the game be an 8 to 14 point game the whole way, you it really hurts your your argument if you want to pin it on, like, well, we got some unfavorable stuff far away. I, I really... It, UConn fans, I, I've seen a lot of them on Twitter. They're talking... Fairly positively about the season, obviously disappointed in tonight's outcome, but I, I really haven't seen any like griping over like that one call. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily, but like that's one of the few disparities on the statute that you look at and go like, oh buddy. But I think a lot of it is because South Carolina was able to have very, very efficient movement getting to the basket, getting in scoring position very well that I think getting to the line would come naturally. UConn wasn't able to get that deep. The amount of times UConn's possessions were flummoxed within the first 10 seconds of possession was shockingly frequent. Yeah. Like, not even on the turnover range, but just on, like, I mean, rebounds. If you look at how often... Or the offense either, just breaking down. Like, they, they go to try yeah. to do something, and it's like, oh, uh, well, well... Or having to just rush shots because in their head, they're like, this is this is the only time this whole count we're going to be open. So yeah. we've got to get something in the air. Yeah, and yeah, they'd go to run something, and yeah, either that where they would just be like, well, we got a decent look, let's take a shot. Or South Carolina mm-hmm. just being like, no, you're not going to yeah, do that. Yeah. We're not going to let you run that. Anytime you know? they thought... Like, UConn likes to run in transition sometimes. Like, they, they really like to run deep passing inbounds plays when it feels like, oh, like South Carolina hits a big three, like strike right back. Yeah. Like that's how they, they did Stanford a couple times and it really worked for them. Well, as a team, the Gamecocks are back on defense every time down the floor. Yeah. It's not just Boston. It's not just Anderson. Every time. And Logan, all Logan was literally tracking that through the night. I, the every whole time, time I every time like, UConn would, would oh. come up the court, like it was impossible for UConn. To get a break down the court, any yeah. Every every time they would inbound it near half court, I was like, oh, maybe they get an easy bucket here. No easy buckets in this game for UConn. I mean, it, there there was no, you know, I think the kind of the lasting image for me of the the UConn Stanford game was when it looked kind of within question, like a five point game. Page got the steal, drove up the court, got an easy two, put them up seven, and it felt like oh, I don't think they're gonna, I don't yeah, think they're gonna do it. There's nothing like the in this. Game. I mean. You you had UConn putting down a couple shots late as like a last gasp effort, but yeah. it really just felt like Beck- chances circled the drain with ten minutes left to go. Beckers couldn't even get her bread and butter play to the elbow. No, really, at any they were point. all over it. Yeah, yeah. There was once or twice that we saw that we saw that happen, but honestly, but first, in fact, the first time she made that move, she got called for a travel, and it kind of slowed it down. She hit an insane turnaround jumper at one point that was like, oh, she's still really good. Like we're not, we're not besmirching her good name here. Like, yeah. I, I still believe in her as a player. If anything, that's probably one of the biggest 
like notes I give to UConn's performance here because I think a lot of things you can take down simply to I don't even know if that worked just based on how things were going but like I would have liked to see Beckers maybe get about 20 shots up and not 13. Yeah, Henderson getting 20 shots up and Paige Beckers being probably the most effective scorer on the floor and shooting about half that was well, so yeah was pretty that, big that's big. a tough call but it, like I think once I think once Henderson starts cooking, it's like you need to get you need to get page cooking. Like you need to start getting that working, and it just didn't. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What I what I think you could take heart from if you're a UConn fan coming into this is kind of everything. You pretty much keep this roster pat for the most part. <laughs> right. You lose a couple key pieces. There's a Dota. But, yeah, like, nothing a Dota, but like... But the heart of this roster stays together. You've given Mule and Ducharme extremely valuable minutes, especially Ducharme, who who is outside of even this game, and she did well. She had a lot of shining moments coming up in the year. So you're adding, I think, healthy experience. The assumption is that the next time you're in this position, Izzy Fudd is doesn't have a stomach flu. Yeah, uh, you know, missing her, she must have been really hurting tonight. Yeah, they they needed her so badly, and it when we first well, heard the, about her it, sixteen minutes even felt yeah, like when we first pushing. heard it, it was like oh stomach bug, so maybe she's not as effective, but she'll be out there. And instead, it was like nah, I I think she must be really. She she was doing everything she could to be on the court, and I think in any other circumstance, final four like semi side even like she probably sits that game out. Kyle, yeah. I know has a take about this game, and I. I don't know what it is, but I can see him. I can see him over there. <laughs> He's working. I, I sat I sat two chairs away from Kyle in this game, and so we couldn't hear each other. <laughs> so I actually don't know very much about what he thinks of, of either team. No, I think I think the main uh, thing we we've covered a lot of what uh, what are my thoughts were, but um, kind of looking just ahead to the future, I really do think that South Carolina reloads. Next season, they look very good. A lot of their their best players and everything are going to be back. Boston State, um, Boston State, yeah. Like you, you're you're bringing a lot back of your South Carolina, UConn. You're bringing a ton back as well. You miss. Uh, you're taking Kristen Williams. You're taking Avina Westbrook and Nelson Adota out. But really, like of your main players, your Beckers, Fudd, Aliyah Edwards, Ducharme. And uh, Nika Mule, like every one of those, are only freshmen and sophomores. Like they've got at least one full seat, one full season, and likely two to three more seasons with that group. 
Like that's that's a lot of talent that uh, UConn's got. I would not be surprised to see UConn right back in the national championship game again, uh, perhaps even next year. In fact, we had this conversation yeah. on the way back to the car tonight. Is how many of the final four from this year will we actually see next year in Dallas? And uh, we think there's a pretty good chance that. Probably at least two, it, because UConn's like Stanford's not Stan- losing a ton. Stanford has the biggest gap. Yeah, and they're they're yeah. losing the whole sisters. But like, you've got Brink coming back, Jones coming back. Like, you've got so many players coming back for Stanford. It, Louisville's got a lot coming back. It, well, they're losing the, Angsler. I think Louisville yeah, might be losing. The, the bracket maybe the most. is so chaotic by nature that obviously anything anything could go down. I would be pretty surprised if. Stanford, South Carolina, UConn did not comprise half of the Elite Eight. Yeah, that's, I think you got to get two those of those three powers that are still yeah. going to be around. Yeah, I agree. So that was, that's kind of fun to think about, but um, and it's fun, <laughs> fun to think about. But it's uh, it's exciting just to see you know, kind of as we wrap up this March, uh, you know, just this entire March bracket month that we've had with uh, conference tournaments and obviously the NCAA tournament. Um, it's just been a great, great month full of awesome basketball, great moments, mm-hmm. and honestly, just overarching like support for women's basketball yeah. on the college level. That I think so much of that momentum that it felt like was lost back with 2020. You know, we were building momentum leading up, and then COVID hit, and then it's just felt like just the world in general, obviously. But it feels like that momentum that was with women's basketball back at the beginning of 2020 is is kind of back. And I'm excited to see how that translates moving into a WNBA season, which as of uh, right now is 33 days. Well, in about 45 minutes central time, it'll be 32 days away from starting. Um, so almost, almost exactly one month, you know, almost exactly a month away. And we've got the WNBA draft coming up in, like, a week. I'm not shaking my head for the record because (laughs) I think it's a bad thing. I'm shaking my record because we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like we we actually finish up March now and immediately we hop into into draft. We hop into training camps. We hop into preseason Predictions and previews and all kinds of stuff. And, and we by have the so way, many episodes coming if, up in the if, next month. If this <laughs> is your first off season, or, or if it's going to be your first full season with us uh, covering the W, this season's going to be wild. Yes, like there are uh, some stacked teams going into this year. Uh, stories and, um, and and like as as we've been saying, like uh, Kyle and doing all of his draft prep has, has taken a lot of uh, cracks at different mocks and what players might end up with different teams, but. The, the the landscape of the league looks very different this year mm-hmm. than it did last year, and a lot of the same players will be at the top. But if there's anything we know about this league, is that there's going to be some monumental shifts we don't see coming. Right. So I'm very excited to get into this season and, and see right off the bat who's playing well and who's not. And that's so close. It feels like a long ways away. It's it's really it's not. so <laughs> close. By the time by the time we do some some draft prep and a couple of team previews and things, it's going to be. The season's going to be here before we can even blink, and I'm I'm just can't wait. I'm very excited. Um, we're already talking about you know planning our trip to Dallas for the <laughs> next Final Four, and um, we're yeah. I just think overall, what's coming in women's basketball over the over the next several months is going to be really exciting. 
Um, we want to give a couple shout outs to some individuals that we had a chance to meet, uh, this weekend mm-hmm. and in particular today. Um, uh, I know we gave a couple shout outs our last little episode that we did, but, uh, got a, got a shout out, um, Anila, our good friend of the show that yeah, honestly yeah, has, yeah, has yeah. kind of been the one people. of our, kind of one of our day ones that we, yep. from the very start of this podcast, that I call, we connected with. I call, I commonly call Anila our fifth beetle. She yes. Is, <laughs> she is. If if there is ever a, a fifth that like she's she's the first draft pick. Yeah, we we love Anila absolutely. Much. So that was a blast. We got to meet her. Um, got to rub shoulders with a lot of different uh, individuals over the over the weekend. Um, we got to meet uh, Erica Motter, which that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, she's been one of our first Twitter fr- Twitter followers, and she's and, awesome, this, and we followed her on Twitter for a long Said time. She recognizes well. by our voices. Yeah, in a crowded hallway. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I heard your guys' voices, and she came to say hi, and that was that was kind of cool. Um, and then uh, Moorcroft High School girls basketball team. Yeah, hell yes. This was this was one of the more like exciting like interactions that we had. We we get to our seats and. My wife's from uh, a small town in Wyoming, and I turn around and see that they've got some Wyoming State Basketball Championship like shirts on and hoodies on. I go, where are you guys from? And Moorcroft, just so everybody like, knows, is a town that is less than 1,000 people in like northeastern Wyoming. And they somehow did a bunch of fundraising in this tiny town, and they've got their entire like high school girls basketball team out here at the at the women's final four and i just think like, big 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 up to the people of moorcroft by the way yes way to support way to support this initiative because you uh if any of you who helped out who happens to hear this you helped a group of girls have the time of their lives yeah it was way so awesome. cool to just watch them like like so often and we've, we've mentioned this before and it's and it's changing which makes me excited so often we've seen you know, oh, who's your favorite player? And you ask, you know, high school high school girls or, you know, college women. And even at the WNBA draft, you know, people are like, oh, who's your favorite? And they'll, they'll mention NBA players. And I love that we're starting to see this shift of, oh, my favorite player is, you know, this WNBA legend or this college. Tonight, college they all had one. Yeah. And Aaliyah, Aaliyah Boston called out Candace Parker next. She yes. usually did in the house. Exactly. Oh, that was like, that like choked me up. Yeah, that was it was, it was great. So just just that alone, like I, I was so excited to be able to interact with them a little bit and just see like you know this is a high school team from a tiny town that has an opportunity to come and just experience this. So shout out to their coach, shout out to everybody else who was involved in getting them out here. Um, I think I think that was just one of the cooler interactions that I personally had, and I know that we had as a, as a show. So shout out to them as well. Um, so yeah, again. If you have an opportunity to, like, bless the life of of someone, like, to get involved in, to keep, to keep, have you like, blessed the life lately? <laughs> to keep girls in sports from, you know, dropping out. We we've all seen that uh, those statistics of you know girls dropping out of sports at like triple the rate of boys uh, once they start to get you know junior high high school age, and I just think like. Type, moments like this are, are opportunities where we yeah. can change that. So, in fact, that like to this day, the the five star review we've gotten that I think about like once every other day now that like gets me through a tough day is hearing someone say that they were that girl. 
yeah. like that they had, they almost know, quit. They almost quit, but you know, the support of the, of the show alone, and I'm not taking credit for it, but it was, it was really cool to hear them say, you know, this was one of those things that helped push them along. Yeah. Um, so yes, like vocal encouragement and, and being there being supportive, but honestly, a lot of these places from Mark Croft to Minneapolis, like, need your financial support as well. Right. If there's an initiative you can put that help toward, it's it's a big, big deal. Um, I think we all kind of do it in our own way and in our own communities, and it it has always mattered to us. So that's kind of been the accumulation of this just this entire trip. Yeah. Is like, um, like just basketball as a whole is alive and well. Like I just learned to love – what it, what the community of basketball, like just, just everything about what that, what that community is. It's just a wonderful thing. And I, you know, love y'all. I'm <laughs> very tired. I have no it's really so good way to close this. <laughs> I'm no, trying no. to be sentimental, but there this, we go. This was, this is definitely worth doing. Everyone that we've met through the show and everyone we've met out here has been super nice to us. And like the basketball is obviously great. We're excited to do it again next year. Your support and listening to the show is what made this all happen, which is really fun for us. And we hope that we can uh, continue to give back to the, the basketball community in different ways. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming your way. I, I feel like we say that every couple of months, um, but we, we kind of treated this trip as also kind of a like a business retreat in a way. Right. <laughs> and and we have some plans for the future that are going to help us to continue to uh, continue to expand and, and give you better coverage and, and make this a, a continually you know, improving products so that more and more people can introduce themselves to the league through us. And we're just really excited about that. I, Moorcroft High School, you're the best. That, that made my day. <laughs> yeah. That really was the best. That oh, was so great. Uh, I don't know what their mascot was. I should, I should have looked that well, up. Yeah. Googling. <laughs> uh, so we also, we also had a chance to start up our TikTok. Most, uh, we, we technically had it a little bit ago. But if y'all want to hop on, follow us on TikTok. It's at WNBA Nation Pod, just like our Twitter. You can hop on there as we go along and kind of learn the ways of TikTok. You can kind of uh, have some interactions with us there. I'm excited to, to get to go a little bit more on there. Um, and also, we will be dropping a website here very soon that will have a lot more, um, a lot more content and ways that you can interact with our show including some a totally revamped uh merchandise page so we're really excited about that um so stay tuned make sure you're following us on twitter and tiktok as we release uh, a lot of that news as well go wolves go wolves <laughs> we there googled it, wolves. We googled it. more crop wolves but <laughs> sorry had to <laughs> But I think that's all we've got for you guys tonight. We're going to wrap up and get some sleep because that has uh, that has come at a premium this weekend for Hot us. Dang. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you subscribe and hit us up on Twitter, TikTok, all of that. But for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. No, I'll see you